I titled this, Out with the Old, In with the New, right? So we always look back at uh, 2022, and it's in the past now, and and uh, goes down into the annals of history, and all kinds of things happened over this past year, and we look at uh, what we're, what you know, we had done this past year, but but sometimes we need to reflect on our past. You know, we sit right here in the middle of the old year of 2022 behind us, and the brand spanking new year 2023 right in front of us. And listen, God has some great things in store. I believe it's a good to reflect on where God has brought us from. Amen. As a church body, listen, our believers. Amen. Why? Because much has happened. Over the last five years that uh, we've had the privilege of being down here in Florida since we left North Carolina. And God has done much uh, through this body of believers here, which we call Hills Church today. God has blessed this ministry in so many ways, in spite of ups and downs and COVID and more COVID and some COVID. Right? It's there. I think it's here to kind of stay with us uh, as we go on. 2017, Denise and I had come with my brother Tim. And uh, uh, we went from a satellite church of Cornerstone Baptist in Inverness, listen, back in 2020. Uh, and, and listen, it was a mixture of two congregations. For those of you who don't know, this church used to be Heritage Baptist Church, right? And this was Heritage here. And it was an independent Baptist church here. And then, and then Cornerstone had a new work that started right across the street in the community center. And so they were starting a new work in this area as well. And, and Heritage's pastor that was here, uh, he had uh, he had cancer and and he was having a difficult time and and in, and in respect to that the congregation was getting smaller and and these precious folks that were here left the remnant I call the remnant listen they they had a love for God that they did not want to see the doors of this church close and I tell you and they, so they went across the street uh, to Cornerstone and asked if they could come together. And then, they, and then they gave the, the land, the whole campus, over to Cornerstone uh, so that it would not close. So you would not be here today had uh, the folks from Heritage back then and not uh, submitted to the will of the Lord uh, to do that. God is so good. And so I think of how much courage and submission to the Lord that must have taken for them to do that. Sometimes we want to hold on to things so tightly, right? We don't want to let it go, Right? When God may have another plan. And obviously, he had, he, he, had, he had a much bigger plan. And he was faithful with a few people who realized that God owns everything. And more importantly, what? He owns all of us as well. Whether we think so or not, God owns us all. He really does. These two bodies came together to form one. And uh, that says a lot right there. Amen. And we came together. Listen, the new church organization, or what I call organism, right? It doesn't just flourish automatically. You know, it has a beginning and it starts and it, as it goes through, it's trying to build and it's trying to, uh, to gain uh, uh, folks in the community to recognize that the church is open, to invite people to come in and to build the congregation up and all these different things. And so, so it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work on our part, a lot of prayers and a lot of just uh, getting on our face and just asking God to bless and to move and to act on behalf, on behalf of everything. A lot of dedication, a lot of submission, a lot of committed people wanting to fulfill God's plan by His power for this body and this community. That's exactly what I see and I've experienced here. No one ever said it would be easy. Amen? Yeah. Church is not easy, right? And we know church is not easy. Church takes effort. It really does. And when I say church, I say the organization of of, of making sure the lights are on, making sure the grass is mowed, making sure everything is looks nice, making sure that we're reaching out to our community for people who don't know Jesus to come and know Jesus, to provide events and activities that would call out Jesus, the gospel, to people who don't know who Jesus is, that they would come in, that his house would be full. And I'm not talking about this house. I'm talking about the spiritual house. I'm talking about the kingdom. The kingdom house is what we're talking about, you know. I'm not a huge numbers guy, even though there is a book of numbers, right? So numbers had something to do with God. He wouldn't wouldn't have written the book of numbers, right? So there's an importance to the book of numbers, to numbers. And sometimes, you know, we just need to look at it. We look around this. We know that we could fill this place up. And, uh, and, and, you know, and then then we saw as it grew, it grew exponentially prior to COVID. Man, we we ended, uh, when, when COVID hit, we were between 135, 145 people were attendants. During that time frame, you know, and it's been a hard to, and every church has suffered 
through this COVID thing as far as just the attendance of the community of people coming on board. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. I, what I see, I see some faithful folks who are out there reaching people as much as they can for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and we continue on this year. But I know God lifts the loads from our backs too. If we would just give him the burden, give him the load that's on us, right? He helps us uh, to shoulder some of the things that we bear as we try to build his church, right? As we try to do that his way. And that's what we want to do. So the process began to develop this brand new congregation into its own God-given identity, which has now become Hills Church, which happened, by the way, in the summer of 2020, September of 2020. Now I want you to think about that. That was right in the height in the middle of the pandemic that we became our own independent, our separate church, our own autonomous church. And we separated from Cornerstone right in the middle when most churches, a lot of churches were shutting their doors. So it, to me, it speaks a lot about the character and the nature of each and every one of you that are here today. And so I just thank the Lord for that and how God is just continually just richly blessing us each and every day, right? So, so Denny and I are accepting the call of Almighty God to come venturing into uncharted waters for us, but not for God. And so and I inserted here uh, the fraud principle. You all know the fraud principle, right? Fully rely on God, right? So, and that's what we did when we came down here is to fully rely on God, right? We're still doing that. God led us to establish some great leadership. Thus began the process of Hills Church. The Lord has in Hills Church established His church. He has provided a beautiful facility. You all came together to make this place the best looking place on the circle, which we are. And we've added new members over the last year. Over the last years, we've added many different new members to this fellowship here. And so I thank the Lord for that. We must not ever settle. And this is really my message. We must never settle, right? We must soar like an eagle. How many of you ever seen an eagle settle in a sparrow's nest? That never happened. Have you seen a bald eagle, sister? Yeah, bald eagles are beautiful. But you'll never find one settling in a sparrow's nest, ever. Why? They're meant to soar. And listen, when the storms come and the storms rage, what do eagles do? They fly higher and they fly faster in the storm. They love flying in the storms. I don't understand that. I get maybe it's the wind currents, I don't know, but they love flying in the storms. They do. And they and, and, and they're quite of amazing creatures that do that. I want us to listen this time that we pray to hear from God, determine what God would have us to do for twenty twenty three. Amen. There's always room to grow in Jesus. Listen, the church body, you folks sitting out there, have so much to offer. Don't think you don't have anything to offer. And I say that because sometimes we, 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 get, we want to get settled, and we've got to be careful of that. Eagles don't settle. They soar, right? And I want us to be eagles for 2023. I want us to soar. Listen, there is something that God has you here for. Because God, when God's done with you, he will take you home, right? But until then, he's got you here for a purpose and for a plan and for something, something within his body of believers, within the local church. And I want to encourage you all to think about this for 2023. I don't ever want us to focus on us so much that we never see God or others. Sometimes we can focus inward instead of focusing upward and outward, Right? And God wants us to focus on Him, and He wants us to focus on others. Whenever we focus on the inward stuff, then we get our eyes off of God and other people. And so for 2023, I want us to make sure that we do that. Believe me, it happens all the time in many churches. We focus on, is this just right? Is the lighting just right? Is, is, is all the gee whiz right? And I'm not saying those things aren't important. They are important in their place. But they're not the primary importance of why we're here. That's right. Right? Amen. The primary importance of why we're here is to celebrate a, a cross, a, a Christ who, who died on the cross, laid his life down on the cross for all of us. Amen. That the world would know that Jesus saves, right? Amen. Just like he saved you and he saved me. Listen, he saves us. He saves us. Why? For his glory, for his purpose, for everything that he wants you to do in and through your life to bring him glory, to make him famous in the world, if that's even possible. 
I think we as Christians need to make him more famous in the world. We need to take a stand. We need to stand for Jesus Christ. We need to stand firm for him. Listen, when Paul writes about the whole armor, I was talking with Brother Larry about this morning, we got to put that whole armor on every single day, especially in these days in which we live. Put the whole armor on every day. Put it on piece by piece. Don't get out of bed without putting your whole armor on because you're going to be challenged in your day. You're going to be challenged whether you're watching the news and hearing garbage. You're going to be challenged out on the streets while you're driving. Amen. Right? And so you're challenged everywhere you go. And the challenge is sometimes you you want to lose your temper because you can't believe what just happened. Right? But God orders us. He tells us. He he, he, he really equips us to walk in the fruit of His Spirit. That's the test of who we are. When we, when we walk in love, goodness, and mercy, and grace, and kindness, and gentleness, and self-control, all those things, those are God-given. We can't produce that. God gives that to us as believers, and the Holy Spirit reminds us of that so that we can live in the fullness of who He is in our life. And make an impact in the lives of other people. We need to we need to think about 2023. We need to focus, listen, not on us, but on who? On God and other people. And when this church continues to do that, and we do that, listen, then we're going to see people come to know Christ. We're going to see people come in. We're going to see people encouraged. We may never see people saved on this side of heaven. People that you've touched. That you've touched in our fall festivals. That you've touched... Listen, man, we passed out 1,400 flyers at Halloween. The gospel message went out. Brother Don was street preaching right there in my yard. It was awesome. People were stopping and living. And he had a few hecklers, too, that came by mocking him. But I praise God because we got to take a stand. If we don't take a stand, we're going to fall for everything. We're going to take a stand on the rock of Jesus, right? That's when we need to take a stand. It happens. In 1980, there was a young lady that entered the Boston Marathon. She started the race looking great. And as the runners approached the finish line, listen, she was leading the pack by a mile, a country mile, right? Which is longer than a mile. Breaking all kinds of records. The crowd applauded as she crossed the finish line and was crowned champion. Man, it was suspicious. However, that a woman had never won a marathon before could win the Boston Marathon, especially by a country mile. Lo and behold, when they examined the situation, the girl started the race, but then left the run and got on the subway and rode the subway for 16 miles, got off the subway, got back onto the route, and crossed the finish line first. It's really happened, though. When her cheating was discovered, she was, of course, disqualified from the race. And that's something? A nerve, right? That's amazing. I know, it amazed me when I read that. I read it, I was like, hmm, that is something. But listen to this. Some of us have started living the Christian life, but have jumped on the subway. And we want to cross the finish line with God saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. But when he opens the books and checks the record, he's going to know that you left the field. He's going to see that you didn't keep on until the end. That you didn't remain an alien and a stranger. And he's going to say you lose the medal because you didn't faithfully follow the rules. You know, we must always end well in a race. Doesn't matter how much, how you start it, but how you finish is super important. It's very, very important. Listen, there are no shortcuts. None whatsoever. Every believer in here has a ministry, a place of service. Every single person that's a believer has a place of service. I want to write that down. Say, I have a place of service. Amen? Every one of us. You can pray. What a great service to provide. 
can greet. What a great service. This be a smiling face when people come in so they can feel welcome. Man, you can serve in the kitchen. You can serve Sunday school. We can serve in different areas of our church. We have need of student ministry help. We need need of children ministry help. We have needs here. Find it in your heart. Find it in your place. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let God speak to your heart. Every believer, listen, has a ministry, a place of service. And God always issues you at least four calls. How many of you have been called in your life? Let me see your hand. You, how many of you ever had a calling in your life? You're called. You're called by God, right? Not every hand goes up. You're kind of hesitant. Should I raise my hand? Should I not raise my hand, right? Should I raise my hand? Are you called? Listen, if you're a believer, you're called by God. And the first call, the first call that you've got to receive and you've got to answer, the first call is to be saved. To know Jesus is your Savior, Christ the Savior, that your position is secured and you're redeemed in the Lord living Jesus Christ for all eternity to come. So the first calling that you have is Jesus draws you to him and you say, yes, Lord. Have you been drawn to the Lord? Was there a time in your past where God squeezed your heartstrings and pulled on your heartstrings and said, come on, girl, come on, boy. Get saved today. What are you putting it off for? Don't wait. Get saved today. Have you ever Have you ever had that? If you've never had that, you need to really think seriously about the fact that you're saved or not. You just don't come to Jesus on your own accord. It doesn't. That's not what the Word teaches us. Nobody comes unless the Spirit draws them to Him. You got to be drawn to the Lord. Are you drawn to the Lord? Do you know Jesus your Savior? Think about your time. Think about your history. Think about your past. Think about the specific time when you gave your life to Jesus. Where were you? What did the Holy Spirit do in your heart? Did He sit there and mold it and make it and shape it? Man, did, were you white-knuckled on the pew in church and didn't want to leave? <laughs> and I say, why? <laughs> I know people that were like that. Maybe, maybe you weren't taught correctly what salvation was. That's, that's highly probable in churches today. Do you recognize, was there a time in your past when you recognized that you were a sinner? That you had sin in your life? And that you were lost without hope in the world? Was there that time in your past when you recognized that you were full of sin? And you ask Jesus to come and save you. You've got to recognize that you're lost before you can be saved. And you're lost because of the sin nature of your body that's in you. You've lied, cheated, stolen. Right? If you don't recognize that you're a sinner, there's no way you can be saved. There's no way. You know, it's like on a cruise ship and you take a life preserver and you throw it to a person that's on the ship and safe. Right? You would never do that. You throw it to who? Who do you throw it to? person that's in the water floundering along. Right? You throw the life preserver to Why? Because they're going to drown. They're going to die in the water. And you will die in your sin if you never recognize that you're a sinner needing a Savior. And Jesus is the only way. That's the first calling on your life. Do you know Jesus is your Savior this morning? This is 2023. What a great time to start and make sure that you're saved. Make sure you know Jesus is your Savior this morning. That's the first call. And this is what's important about that first call. None of the other ones matter until you get that first call right. <laughs> if you're not saved, listen, I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you read the Bible. It's not going to make a hill of beans of sense to you until you give your life to Jesus. It doesn't happen. I'm telling you, it doesn't happen. You're not going to understand it. You're not going to get the deep things of God. You're not going to get the simple things of God if you can't understand salvation. And I don't understand why people will walk away from salvation. It's a free gift. It wasn't free to Jesus, but it's free to all of us. And we deserve to hang on that cross with him. 
We deserve to hang on the cross, period, without him. He died so you wouldn't have to die that way eternally. And took your sin and stain, your sin that you can't remove. The God-man had to come, had to die. The sacrificial death on the cross, the spotless Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. He took your sin on his body. Just remember that. That's why you have to come to him as a helpless sinner that knows you need a Savior. You're guilty. We're all guilty. The second thing is you're called to is to discipleship. You're called to discipleship. Now, some people have this idea that discipleship is just sitting in the classroom facing forward, just learning Scripture, and that's it. But discipleship is much, much more than this. The, the true sense of the word of a disciple is a close follower of Jesus Christ. You're a student of the, of the Savior. His disciples, what did they do? When Jesus walked, where were they? Were they in front of him? Now, I can't imagine the disciples being in front of him, except maybe Peter every now and then or whatever. You know? I don't know. But I imagine Jesus going along, and they're following behind him like, okay, what's he going to do next? What's he going to do next? And they're taking all in their, ega- their eye gate, their ear gate. They're taking all in their heart gate. They're seeing everything that Jesus is doing. And were they thick-headed? Amen. They were because, listen, they saw all this stuff for three and a half years of ministry. And listen, they still had a hard time understanding who Jesus was. We know that through the scriptures. So God understands you. He understands me. He understands the disciples. He understands how thick-headed we could be and thick-skinned we could be. He understands that. But you know what? Jesus never gives up. He never, he never quits trying to reach into our hearts and to our lives. So your next calling after salvation is to be discipled. Have you been discipled? Are you involved? Are you in Sunday school? Do you read your Bible daily? Do you take, do you feed upon the Word of God? Let me ask you this. Do you eat, do you eat food more than you eat the Word of God? I'll speak to me too because man, you guys, let me tell you something. <laughs> you guys can make some very good Cookies, fudge, peanut butter, little balls, little little cookies with stuff inside. And I was like, ah, I'm still leading on it. Look at me. I'm telling you. I mean, like turtles, pecans on pretzels with caramel and chocolate. And, and I'm like, I still got some of those. I, I've got all this, all this trail mix. I got... And I, I was just studying yesterday. I was looking through my stuff yesterday, and I was shoveling it in, buddy. Let me tell you, good stuff. You guys can cook. You guys are amazing. But do you eat more than you read the scriptures? It's <laughs> a good question. I remember I have an uncle who's a pastor. He actually was here when my for my brother's homegoing celebration, and I remember years ago visiting his house, and he had. A pile of kids. There's about six kids, and and of course now their family is ginormous. It's huge, right? So it's like we we've gone on vacation where we showed up where they were vacationing the whole family together. There's like 26 head of them, and it's like, how do you do this, you know? But we would sit down, we would sit down and uh, to eat dinner, and he would pull out a daily bread, and he would read the daily bread before they ate one bite of food. <laughs> I said that's a pretty good practice. You know, we need to be disciple. How many of you know everything about the Bible? Raise your hand. Anybody? i got to put mine down. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pastor. I know everything about the Bible. I know everything there is to know. How can we know, right? How can we know the mind of God? Well, we know the mind of God by getting in the Word of God. You want to know who God is? Get in the Word of God. Don't depend on a preacher preaching a message to fill you with what you need. That's right. Amen. I'm woefully deficient for you to do that. <laughs> get you a good devotional or just get the Bible and piece of paper and start reading and, and just ask God to speak to your heart through the scriptures. Amen. Ask him to speak. He will speak to your heart through the scriptures. 
Ask him to reveal himself to you. And he will do that to you. Maybe not everything. Now, if you have questions, absolutely. Give me a call. Send me an email. Send me a text, whatever. If I don't know the answer, I'll find the answer. You hear me? I will. But I want to encourage you. Get in the Word of God every single day. You've got to have food to live. Spiritually, you've got to have this to live. And listen, why wouldn't you? Because, you know, when Jesus truly saves you, I would think you would want more of him, not less of him. Right? I want to know more about who he is. I want to know more about what he did. I want to know more about what's to come. I want to know more about how I should walk, how I should talk. I want to know more about how he walked and talked so I can be just like him and walk and talk like Jesus did, right? Get in the Word. Don't get complacent. Don't be a lazy American. <laughs> Don't. So that's the second calling. Disciples, the third calling is to sanctification. Sanctification, to be set apart, special, unique. Listen, 2 Timothy 2.14, under disciples, in fact, under disciples, let me go back to disciples for a minute. 2 Timothy 2.14, I'm going to write that scripture down. I wrote it down this morning, actually. It says, be diligent to present yourself approved of God as a workman who what? Who does not need to, uh, to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Accurately handle the word of truth. That means we've got to get in the Bible, get it underneath the word. We need to get in it, right? But in sanctification, we're going to be set apart, unique to God. Listen, for service to God. That's what we are. In fact, 2 Corinthians 6, 17, and 17 says, Come out from the midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. And I, he says, will welcome you. He says, come out from amongst the world. Be ye separate. That sanctification, be sanctified, be set apart. For what? For service. And that's the fourth point. The fourth point is what? Is, is, is ministry. To ministry. So the four calls are Christ the Savior, second call to discipleship, third call to sanctification, and the fourth call to ministry. Those are the four primary calls that you have in your life. You should experience. Now, how many have been called in here? Let me see your hands. Okay, that's a little bit better than last time. <laughs> I want you to think about that. Y'all listening, right? Amen? All right. Listen, we have a... We have, we have a mission statement. It's not really a statement, but it's three words. I try to simplify it to make you understand, to help you to understand what our purpose is at Hills Church as a follower of Jesus Christ. What are the three words? Believe, belong, and become. Believe what? Believe God. How do we do that? We love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? We come in here and we worship the one true God. We believe in God. If you're saved, you believe in God. You come and you worship in Him. The next one is belong, right? Belonging is our discipleship. Belong. We're here together. You're being discipled right now. Amen? You get in small groups, you're discipled in a small group, whether it's on campus or off campus. And listen, sign up for them. They're there. Just show up. Just be here. Get discipled. Get into the Word. Get deep. Ask questions. Take it in. Gobble it up. Ingest it, right? Do that. And then become. The third word, become. That has to do everything with our ministry. We become what? We become servants of the Lord. Right? We believe, we belong, and we become servants of the Lord. What does that look like? Well, you go out, you can share your testimony. You can share his story through your story like we've been doing over the past year. Some fabulous testimonies we've heard in here on Sunday mornings. Share the gospel through your story, how you got saved. Share it with somebody else. Write it down so you know what to say. Do it. It's good. Ministry, serve other people, man. You guys should know that when you, if you're not serving, what are you doing? Swerving. Right? I think I'm going to have a t-shirt made with that. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. If you're not serving, you're swerving. 
So our whole life is about serving. Jesus' whole life was about what? Serving, right? He came to seek and to save. We talked about that last week. He came to serve, not to be served. And just like Jesus, we are to serve others. Wherever opportunity finds us, we become his servants. Here's something to think about. Listen, when we place our full trust in Jesus, he doesn't save us and then ship us up to heaven. You ever thought about that? If God saves us, he saves us. Why don't you just take us home right now? Let's go. Boom. Save all this. Save all this. Oh, i got to do this and that. No, no. Why doesn't he do that? He's got a purpose for leaving us here. Some of you have lost your husbands, and they're in heaven. Some of you lost spouses and brothers and, and different ones, and they've left this planet. But listen, God has left you here. You may not like it. It may hurt, and it hurts. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. I like to play with my brother again. But God has left you here for a purpose and a plan and a reason. Fulfill that purpose, plan, and reason, whatever it may be. Find that place where you're supposed to be serving so you're not swerving, right? Ephesians 2.8 kind of explains that. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, the gift of God as a result of works, so no one may boast. And listen, I want us to read this together. Look at verse 10. Let's read it together. For we are his workmanship. Let's start over again. Let's start over again. I want everybody to read this today. I want you to get this in your spirit. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Does that leave anybody out? What? (laughs) Amen. Amen. It doesn't leave any of us out. Amen. That includes all of us. It was written for you specifically, collectively. It's written to all of us. Sometimes we get in the habit of picking and choosing what we're going to do and not do. When there's obviously some needs that need to be done. Get on, get in on the game. See, when you read that scripture, we have absolutely no excuse. According to that passage, God prepared beforehand so that we would what? Not might if I feel like it or I don't feel like it. So that we would what? We would walk in them. Remember a couple weeks ago, I shared a question a couple weeks ago when I was talking about Mary's submission. By this reminds me something. Last Sunday in my message, i got to correct something. Last week, my wife was trying to put up a placard for me because I kept saying, Zachariah, Zachariah, Zacharias, and it's Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. So, I know I got all in the, in the moment, and I had Zach, I had it written on my notes too, Zachariah too, and it still didn't hit me. And she's out there with a, she's trying to give me some help down there, and I didn't even see it, so I didn't see it. But I want to let you know. Zacchaeus is the one that climbed the tree. Zechariah was John the Baptist's dad. Right? So, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Human brother. Amen. <laughs> Praise Jesus that I'm not Jesus, right? It's like, I mean, if I was Jesus, there wouldn't be no mistake. So, it lets you know that i got to come down the same path that all of you come down. The same road that you travel, I have to travel too. Maybe a little different scenery. But I still have to come to the same cross. To the same Savior. So, I love you all. Thank you. Thank you for that. But Mary, hmm, God prepared before him so we would not, uh, we would walk in him. So here's the question that I asked last week. And I thought, uh, two weeks ago, it was two weeks ago. Has God asked you to do something that requires your obedience? And it got so quiet in here. Especially when I said this. If God didn't ask you to do something that required your obedience, then my next question was, why not? See, it's quiet now. Why not? Why doesn't God ask you something that requires your obedience? You think God wants you to do something? 
I think God wants us all to do something, right? God wants us to do something. He's not going to just let you sit there on a the couch and veg on a TV and watching Ohio State and play the Bulldogs, right? Go dogs. I saw, this, your pastor saw the last 30 seconds of that game. I said, man, what did I miss, man? This must have been some kind of game, right? But think about this. Why not? Do you really think that God would save you to never ask anything of you? Right? Just how did you answer that question when I asked it last week? It's a tough question. Here's another question. How did God use you in 2022? How did God use you in 2022? Did he use you? Can you think of one thing? Maybe two things? Three things? Five things? Ten things? Hundreds of things every day, 365. I mean, you have to think about that. How did God use you in 2022? So looking at the close of 2022, did you finish well? <laughs> Not like the lady in the subway. Did you, did you get on the subway? <laughs> did you avoid the race? <laughs> I hope not. You see, we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. So what are you doing? We are saved to glorify him by the work and the life that we do in service to him. And I want to tell you something. Some of you, that might bother me saying that. Like, pastor's, pastor's judgment on me. If you're feeling that way, no, I'm not. The Holy Spirit is. <laughs> okay? So I just want to get that straight. I'm just a messenger up here preaching the word of God and to let you know. But if you are bothered by something that I'm saying... Listen, check your heart. Because I know, too, I know, too, that, like, like, uh, like I've never really preached on tithing, but I know one thing. People will complain about, pastor always preaches on money. Money, 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 money. Well, if it bothers you that bad, let me see your checkbook. Right? Because if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, should it bother you? Not at all. So, Think about some of these things this morning. We are his workmanship, create Christ Jesus into good works. We are saved to glorify him by the work and the life that we do in service to Almighty God. And listen, and listen, when when that happens, listen, when we do that, here's what we gain. We gain maturity in the process. You get better, you get built up in the Lord. Listen, as you, as you do what you're supposed to be doing for the Lord, you get built up. We gain maturity in the process. You become more and more like Jesus. When I say maturity, our goal is to become who? Like Christ. That's what a Christian is. The second thing God gets is He gets glorified in the process. When we're doing the work that God has called us to do, and we're doing it out there, and we're doing it the best that we can, guess who gets the glory? Not you, but Him. God is the one that deserves the glory. I don't deserve glory for nothing. That's why sometimes I do have a hard time with, oh, well, that was a great sermon, this and that. I don't thank the Lord, you know. But then I had some pastors get on my case about that. Man, just tell them thank you. You know? But I tried and I said, no, man, I don't deserve to do what I do. God has allowed me to be here to do what I do. And I thank the Lord that he, it humbles me to know that he would do that. God gets glorified in the process. And guess what happens ultimately? Finally, the needs are met in other people's lives. The needs will be met. What do people need? People need salvation. Man, think about it. If you don't share your story with somebody out, especially when the Holy Spirit is really pushing you to say something. Listen, the Holy Spirit will do that. Hey, here's your chance. Here's your opportunity. Shine for me. Get that light from underneath that bushel, Right? Let everybody see who you are in Jesus. Tell them about who you are. Let your light so shine that people would glorify the God that you believe in and follow and surrender your life to. Right? Do that. Do it like God. Let God, listen, see, people needs being met. Greatest need is salvation. There are other needs too. It's like Lakin, poor Lakin. Anybody see the pictures of her house? What used to be her house on Facebook? 
We need to help that girl. She don't have nothing. So we're going to jump on and we're going to do something to help her out. She cleans this church on Fridays, you know that? Mm-hmm. God graciously gives us many opportunities to accomplish His purpose. So don't think this. Don't think if you miss an opportunity that God won't give you another opportunity. In fact, sometimes I think He gives you another opportunity so you can get it right. <laughs> Amen? I think sometimes He does. He'll give you another opportunity so you can get it right. Since you mess it up the first time. So we need to fess up, buck up, and we need to get going. That's what God wants us to do. Besides anything that God calls us to, listen to this, when God calls you to do something, guess what He does? He provides you, He equips you with everything that you need to do. It's like, man, there was years, I've not even dreamed about doing what I'm doing up here. But God equips us all when we humbly submit to His authority. I don't care what it is. What has God called you to do? I can't do it. I don't, I don't know enough. It's not about you. That's the problem. We get it all on us. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. Well, get, you, get that big eye out of the way and listen. Look at God Almighty. Listen, who created you in His image, right? It's like I used to hear people say, I don't like big crowds. I'm a loner. I said, the devil is telling you that. Because God didn't create you to be a loner. God created you for community. What are you going to do when you get to heaven? <coughs> Come on. So, we just need to think about that. We can't be. See, I have to respond by my obedience to accomplish the task he has for me. When we say no to service to God, we really say, we don't want to, I can't really. If we refuse, we rebel against God. That's what we're doing when we say no. This is why I'm challenging all of us, including myself for 2023, to, to raise the bar of what you're doing in church, in your life, in service to the Lord. Raise the bar in your life that we would pour ourselves in the world that is passing away Every single day the world is passing away. People are passing away every day. 150,000 people a day, I think, die. Globally. Every day. How many of them know Jesus? Or how many of them, how many of them don't know Jesus? Hmm. Listen, it's all about our availability to minister to others. Think about it. Why doesn't Jesus just take us home when we are saved? To serve him in this life now and forever. It never ends. We have to serve him until our very last breath. Jesus was the example of that for us on the cross when he said, It is what? Finished. And he what? He gave out everything. He gave out his breath. He gave out all of his blood. He died. Apostle Paul, he even said to Timothy, I am poured out as a what? A drink offering. He poured everything that he had for Jesus out and he went to the grave completely empty of any potential inside to do anything more for God. That's why you'll hear me say the graveyard is the most valuable place in the world today. You know why? Because people died without fulfilling their God-given purpose and plan and mission. Think about that for a minute. I think I was sharing that with Sister Eileen a couple weeks ago. The graveyard is the most valuable territory on the planet Next to diamond mines and oil rigs, the cemetery, because people died without ever utilizing what God had given them to their full potential. God wants us to listen. Every breath belongs to Him. If you're a Christian, every breath belongs to Him. Everything belongs to Him. We're to serve Him. Most people live to fulfill their own desires and pleasures. Do I have more going on or is time getting faster? I'm sure there are people in heaven or hell who feel like they left way too early. Way too early. We are living here to serve and worship Jesus, period. Let's read together. I want to read a passage of scripture here. As to say, you know, about, here's Apostle Paul. He was in prison in Colossae, right? He's in prison 
and he writes. He's actually he's in prison in Rome, and he writes to uh, to uh, he writes to the um, uh, Colossian church a letter. Colossians, chapter four, verse seven. Chapter four, verse seven. I'm going to write that down. It says, "As to all my affairs, listen to Paul. What he says." Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow bondservant of the Lord, will bring in informa- bring you information. For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances, and that he may ch- encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number, uh, they will inform you about the whole situation here where he's at in prison. Aristarchus writes, and my fellow prisoner, right, sends you his greetings, and also Barnabas' cousin, Mark, about whom you receive instructions, right? If he comes to you, welcome him, he says. In verse 11, and also Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are from the circumcision, or Jews, right? And they have proved to be an encouragement to me. Epaphras, verse 12, who is one of your number, a bond slave of Jesus, sends you his greetings, Always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers, right? That you may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. For I testify for him that he has a deep concern for you and for those who are in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, look at verse 14. The beloved physician sends you his greetings and also Demas. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and also Nympha and that church that is in her house, right? So there's a woman who opens up her house for church, right? And when this letter is read among you, he says, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and you, for you, your part uh, read, for your part read my letter that is coming from Laodicea. And then he says, finally, say to Archippus, he says, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Now we may read this and thinking, there's not much spiritual meat here. In this, as Paul is addressing some of his friends, right? But the list here, here Paul's friends demonstrates multiple ministries that are taking place around Paul who is in chains and writing letters to churches. And listen, they were all so important to have. As a pastor, I need each and every one of you to fulfill the purpose. Listen, of whatever that purpose is that God has designed for you to do in this local body called the church. So that we may make much of Jesus Christ and the gospel to the world. Listen, the world thinks that this is a waste of time. But I'm telling you, in God's economy, this is everything. Hear me this morning. We wouldn't have this word that I can read to you had it not been for Paul. But not just Paul, had it not been for all of his fellow workers that labored so hard to get the information out and to spread it and to teach it and to share it around the world. We wouldn't be sitting here reading it this morning if it had not been all those from generation to generation to generation to here we sit in 2023. It's amazing. You see, we must learn how to listen to God, taking time out to be still just to listen to his voice. When's the last time when you prayed, you just sat there in silence and just let God speak to your heart? When we do that, we can fulfill all that God has for us because he's going to tell us something. He's going to share something with us. Don't pray and get up and go get your coffee or whatever. Pray, sit there, take a few moments and just ponder about what you prayed about, maybe what you read in Scripture, and let God speak to your heart. He will speak to your heart. So my question is, are you living for Jesus primarily today? Listen, in my life, if my life is not living for him, guess what? My life is a waste of time. Your life will be a waste of time. If you're not living for him, your life is a waste of time. You will end with many regrets for not obeying. Another question, if there's anything different in my life as a result of living for him, is there anything different in your life as a result of living for him? Listen, it's easy to get in a rut. As your pastor, it's easy to get in a rut. Where I do the same things the same way all the time, over and over and over and over again. Some people say this a form of craziness, right? Do the same thing over, expect different results. We've got to be careful with that. 
In verse 7, we talk about Tychicus. Listen to this. Listen to what I'm talking about, these people that Paul had around him. As to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful servant, fellow bond servant of the Lord, will bring you information. Look, Tychicus, for example, man, this dude goes on errands for the apostle Paul, who is in prison and shackled. Think about it. He transported books for Paul and for all of us. Epaphras, right? He was the founder. You know, Epaphras was the founder of the Colossian church. He also had a prayer ministry, when you read in there, which happens to be the most powerful ministry that there could ever be in a church, is prayer ministry. Nothing happens without prayer. I promise you, you and I must discover our ministry. Then you got, then you got the physician, Luke, right? Luke, the physician, in verse 14, right? In 2 Timothy 4.11, only Luke is with me, Paul writes. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. He probably needed Luke as a physician to help him physically, I would anticipate. He ministered to the Apostle Paul at the end of his life. That's what Luke did. Here, here's the question. Are we too important? Are we too important to give our life for someone else? For the furtherance of the gospel? Are we too important? Second Timothy 4, 9 and 10 says, Make every effort to come to me soon. Paul said, for Demas, look what Demas did. Having loved this present world, had deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Even Paul had his people that walked away from him. Demas, he had privileges with Paul and was forsaken by Paul because he loved the world more than he loved the Lord. He left Paul high and dry, basically, is what he did. What does it take? It takes faithful love, kindness, gentleness. Listen, because Christ is what? Our life. Not education. Not being available to minister this fruit of Jesus into the life of others. We've got to be available for that. Here's the thing. God has granted us this privilege of having things our way. Has he not? Can you do whatever pretty much you want to do? You didn't have to come here this morning, right? But you can. And I'm very thankful that you can. It's good to have you here this morning. But God has given us a, a power of choice to choose the things that we would want to do or not do. We can pretty much, listen, how, listen, we can live, think about, live how we want to every day. People do it every day. The question is, how am I going to manage what God has given me in 2023? That's my question. Are we all investing in spiritual things or am I serving myself or my desires alone? Do I want to do rather than what God wants me to do? Who's most important? We all need to ask Jesus for focus, focus, focus. Oh, you Lord and others in my life. Is our focus on you, God, and on others that surround me? These are just a few of the people that Paul mentioned just in this little letter here. I didn't even talk about all of them. Listen, there is many of you right here that I can talk about that is gifted to do so many different things. I've seen it. I've seen it. I could talk on several of you who have done many things. And you have helped for this church to grow to where it is today. When I think about five years ago, where we came from and where we are today, I praise God. Well, it's important how we start. That we start. We need to start, right? It's also important how we run the race also. And finally, it's most important how we finish the race. We must finish the race, folks. We can't give up ever. Amen? Some of you probably don't know the name Jim Redmond. Any of you know the name Jim Redmond? I want you to watch this about Jim Redmond and his son Derek. Tom Hammond and Craig Massback back at Olympic Stadium in Barcelona coming up to the men's 400-meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada, Nigeria. 
And Derek Redman of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redman is out. Derek Redman, the British record holder and an important member of that British 4 by 400 meter relay team as he doesn't want anybody to help him. And it'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running, which you have to respect. A bizarre finish to this first semifinal in the men's 400 meters. Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch. He's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much. Olympic Stadium as Redmond, with assistance this time, approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. That is the Olympic spirit. And your muscles been pulled. And yet you have a desire to finish, but you seem like you can't. But Jesus, your Heavenly Father, is right there to carry you through. Every time. Jesus never gives up on anybody because you matter to him. That's what Jesus will do. In your desperation, when you're hurt and you just give out and there's nothing left, God comes, and listen, and he will lift you up and carry you through to the finish line. Amen. He will do that. Never forget that. I thought, how powerful is that? To see his dad come down and help him across the finish line. That's what fathers do. And are fathers. And Jesus is our father. Amen. So don't ever tell me. <laughs> Man, you can't do it. You can do anything that God gives you the power and ability to do. And for 2023, I challenge you. Don't go and say, Pastor, I can't do it. I said, don't tell me that. It's not in my vocabulary. I can't do it. Let's reach our community for Jesus. We're going to have a uh, we're going to have a planning meeting on January the 12th, right? That's right. 12th at 6 o'clock. And I want uh, I think a lot of our leaders and our ministry leaders got letters and delivered to them to make sure you're there for that. I need you there for that. If you can, just let me know. If you can't, I understand. But if you can be there for that, I want us to plan for the next year here at Hills Church of what. We're going to do in your ministry, in our ministry here at church, and come up with our heads together how we're going to reach our community for Jesus. How we're going to, listen, how we're going to have families here and children here and all those things. And listen, and we're going to make much of God. We're going to pray about this. So I want to encourage you. How can you fit in? Listen, I want you to be here for that. And let me encourage you in this calendar plan for the next year. That way we know everybody will know exactly what's coming on throughout the entire year. There's no surprises. Amen? But maybe, maybe God's talking to you tonight about just your own life. Maybe God wants you to be saved this morning. 
I know he does. You're not. Ask him to come in your heart. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, I thank you so much for your message. I thank you, Lord, that Lord, we must finish the race and we must finish it well. But maybe there's some people who haven't even started yet. I pray, God, that they would consider getting started today. And just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save my soul. I have sinned against you. And I ask you to be my Savior today. I recognize, Lord, that you died on the cross for my sin. I recognize that you were buried in the tomb and that you rose again on the third day to show me that you are who you say you are, the Savior of the world. I ask you, Lord, to save me and to wipe my sin away. I give my sin all up to you today. Come into my life. Come into my heart. And save me, Lord, from myself. I thank you, Lord, for touching my life here this morning. I thank you for it. I pray, Lord, for all my Christian brothers and sisters here. That maybe there's something they're not doing that they need to do. And, Lord, if hearts have been pricked, I pray, God, that they would mean business and say, Lord, forgive me. Help me to set up a plan and a goal for 2023 to accomplish all the things God had me to accomplish this year. And to reach the loss, no matter the cost, before you come and take us home. That I would be found doing rather than just sitting around. Lord, I thank you for our Hills Church people. I pray, God, that you encourage them today. Lord, we, we have a lot of work to do. I know I realize that. But, Lord, we do it one person at a time, one day at a time. And, Lord, we give you praise for it all. And if there's anybody here that's trusted Christ as Savior this morning for the first time, I pray that they would come pull me aside and say, Pastor Phil, I gave my life to Jesus this morning. They would let me know so I could celebrate one with you, celebrate with you, and then I can help you to know what you need to do next. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for Marvin Jennifer. Lord, I pray, God, that you bless this family and that you touch them, Lord, and that you encourage them as they travel up north and they prepare to do that. Father, we give you praise and glory for all things. For it's in Jesus' name. And all God's children said what? Amen. Amen. Love y'all. Happy New Year. Have a good rest of the day.